From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. How do to uh, those of you tuning us in on one of our affiliate stations across North America, from Alaska to Albuquerque and all points in between. Hey, you, checking us out on the Conspiracy Show app. And hi to everyone listening and watching on the YouTube channel Strange Planet and those of you, of course, in the live chat. However, and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. Carl Gallops is here discussing his new book, The Third in the God series, Gods of the Final Kingdom. Just a quick programming note, next week, a tribute to the late Stanton Friedman, Donald Schmidt, uh, the great Roswell investigator, uh, who really in many respects picked up the mantle of Stanton Friedman, who was sort of the first civilian to investigate the Roswell UFO crash. Uh, Donald Schmidt will be here in hour one next week as we pay a special tribute to the grandfather of ufology, Stanton Friedman, who recently passed at the age of 84. In the second hour, paranormal investigator Rosemary Ellen Guiley will be here. All right, we are, uh, as I say, joined by Carl Gallops. He's longtime senior pastor at Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida, former decorated law enforcement official, best-selling author, talk show host. And this hour... We are opening up the phone lines and taking questions and comments as we continue to discuss cosmic mysteries of the Bible, the cosmic war, the existence of hyperdimensions as proven by quantum physics, what that means, biblically speaking, and how does the Large Hadron Collider fit into all of this? CERN in Switzerland, it's a far-reaching metaphysical discussion, and we hope you'll get on board. So, Carl, welcome back. The Large Hadron Collider in CERN. Yeah. This amazing structure, I guess, just outside of Geneva. And there's another one in China, you pointed out in the book, which I was not aware of. Yeah. But yeah. this device, it's basically, it's it's firing off these subatomic particles in opposite directions at the speed of light, hoping that they'll collide. And then, what is the point? You know, they're observing their collision they're hoping to do what? Get a glimpse of how the universe was born, that sort of thing? Yes, exactly. I, I can tell you what their own website and their own material says. And again, I'm, I'm not pretending like I'm, I'm some quantum physics expert. I know just enough to, uh, to understand its potential tie to biblical truth. And then, of course, I quote and, and, and resource the experts. And so you're, you're absolutely right. They hope to discover the, the basics, the foundations, the building blocks, some, something that they can physically, tangibly, you know, hang their hat on concerning the creation of the, of the cosmos. And, of course, for those of us that know the Word of God, I mean, all we need to know spiritually, biblically, is right there. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong in just, you know, using our brains that God gave us to continue to seek His face and to seek uh, His the, the vastness of how things were created. I mean, it just, it should bring our hearts and souls closer to Him. But the other thing that's a little bit disturbing about this is that on their website, and again, China is building one now. They're, they're not completed. They don't expect it to be completed for another, I think, close to 10 years. But they're feverishly trying to, to uh, build one bigger than the one in Switzerland. 
um, which right now is the largest man-made, was the largest machine ever invented, ever made, 300 feet below the ground, miles and miles long in, a, in the shape of a, of a circle. It's just amazing machine. And it, it, it took years and hundreds and hundreds of scientists to build. And they're trying to discover the building blocks of the universe, anything else they can find out about quantum particles. But on their websites and in their literature, they also say, we're hoping to discover different dimensions, multiple dimensions, and the portals to those dimensions. And then they go on to say, and all of this is referenced in my book, and that we're hoping we can go put something into that portal, into another dimension, and, quote, see what happens, or maybe get something to come out of those other dimensions and, quote, see what happens. That's a little scary language <laughs> for people that are, you know, I mean, I love science. I'm kind of a, I'm not an expert, but I'm a geek about all this stuff. I love reading about it and, and again, comparing it to the scriptural uh, uh, proclamations about these things. But when I start, when I start listening to these, these scientists, and see, this is what I want your audience to know. This is not science fiction we're talking about. This is not stuff you and I are pulling out of our back pocket. The Word of God speaks candidly about multiple dimensions and portals and transportation and and time warps i mean it does from old testament to new testament to the very last book of the bible these things are discussed and so now our quote modern science through the hadron collider for example is is showing it's demonstrating that that these potentialities are great multiple dimensions portals into them doorways in and out and so so you know that's why i bring this up in the book to say look you know you can read the bible and you can read about these various dimensions and jesus saying he is a portal he's the way he's got the keys to this one to that one heaven hell demons angels the whole bit and you can scoff and you can mock and say oh that's junk well that's not what science is saying. Now, they're not saying we're verifying the Bible, but they are saying it's entirely possible for a particle, an atomic particle, to be in two places at once. It's entirely possible to take two particles out of the same atom, send them one to one end of the galaxy, one to the other, and they still respond to each other at the speed of light once they are stimulated at the same time. And they are also saying we now know that there literally are multiple dimensions of physical realities. We, we, there may be even multiple universes. We're just now discovering these truths, scientific truths, and now we're trying to determine how to explore them deeper, how to open portals and go from one dimension to another. I mean, this is, this is real-life stuff, but yet the Bible has spoken of these things for thousands of years. Now, getting back to the collider, and you mentioned yeah. they're interested in seeing if they can ascertain you know, or, or determine whether they can create a portal into other dimensions. To me, that sounds like going back to the, the fish tank analogy you talked about earlier. How we are, you know, we're unaware of the other dimensions. We're like you likened us into goldfish in a fish tank. Uh, this sounds like they're they're getting ready, perhaps, to poke holes in the fish tank. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that could have some unintended consequences. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like a fish poking the hole through the surface and somehow thinking he's going to live outside of it as a fish and look at it, and we'll know it'll kill him. Is what it'll do. So I don't know. I mean, listen. 
I am all for scientific exploration. I mean, I'm not one of these guys that say, you know, anything technological, anything scientific, sending people into space, that's evil, that's demonic. I, I'm not one of those guys. But I do say, just because we think we can do something doesn't mean we need to do it. <laughs> and, and of course, most of our, I guess most, I know it's the media presents it as most of our scientific field completely just denies the Bible as the Word of God. They laugh at it. They scoff at it. Yet, you're right. It sounds like they're getting ready to poke holes in the fish tank and say, oh, good, let's open a portal. Yeah, but, you know, you're talking about something getting sucked into it. What if your whole world gets sucked into it <laughs> like would happen with if a fish could drill through the fish tank you know so the bottom line is look it, it this helps to explain when we open the pages of the bible and we read about the realm of the demonic the realm of the angelic the realm of the divine council the realm of paradise the realm of prison the holding place hell the realm of paradise to come the realm of the world to come the realm of the lake of fire and the final judgment and the eternal separation the realm of death uh, the realm of this fallen world. I mean, on and on and on. The Bible speaks of all of these various dimensions, and the Word of God is clear. These are real, physical dimensions with real, physical, living beings that the Creator of the universe has inhabited these places. So uh, the Word of God's been telling us this, and and there's a great final kingdom that is on its way, thus the title of the book, The Gods of the Final Kingdom. There's a great final kingdom on its way under the headship of Jesus Christ, and we that are believers are ambassadors of that kingdom to come. But in the meantime, it's interesting to watch the scientific community look for the very same things that the Bible has been telling us exist all along. So I say to them, good luck. <laughs> in well, the meantime, I, you know, I'm a believer, so I belong to the Lord. It, I, I'm not too much worried about it, but it's fascinating to watch all of this. Well, a couple of things. One, I have read, and I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but it's been stated online, for what it's worth, that it's kind of puzzling. Supposedly, at the location outside of Geneva, where CERN is located, there is a statue dedicated to the to God God of Shiva. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if I'm not mistaken, is that not the Hindu god of d- d- destruction? Correct. Yes. No, Are you right. familiar? Is that is that yes. true? Is is the god yes. Shiva statue there? Well, I have not been there to see it with my own eyes, but everything I've read on the internet uh, concerning that institute and what's there says the same thing. I mean, I've not really seen anything that refutes it. So if you and I discover that it's not, we'll certainly correct it. But uh, based upon the information I have, that's exactly right. So, uh, yeah, and that is the Hindu goddess of uh, destruction or chaos, chaos and destruction. So, I mean, I, listen, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, What's happening in the world? I mean, we're the, we're the first generation in the history of the planet to see so many amazing prophetic things happening. I mean, no generation before us has seen anything like this, like, like CERN and what they're doing and what they're saying, that the kinds of scientific discoveries we're making now. I mean, again, I can get very theological here and biblical, but the return of Israel, the return of Jerusalem to Israel as the capital, the collapsing of borders, the technological explosion, the demonic outpouring of filth and perversion all over the planet. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, brother. And so right in the midst of it, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get folks to understand 
what we're watching happening. The Bible has been talking about this, the gods of the final kingdom, that there's a cosmic clash, and, and it's underway, and we're watching it with our eyes, and most of us don't even really realize what we're seeing. Demons don't require for us to punch a hole into another dimension for them to come in. They can come in and go as they please, okay. right? I'm just okay. trying to figure out whether CERN might facilitate some sort of end-time scenario. It could. I mean, I, a lot of people speculate that. And let me just address what you just said about they can come into ours, but we can't go into theirs, not yet. Not in this body, not from this world. In fact, the Word of God says, you know, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now we're not talking about demons. We're talking about God's presence, the angelic realm. So we've got to be somehow transformed. And the Bible says that. We will be transformed into his likeness, into the likeness of the angels. We will be like the angels, the Bible says. What does that mean? We'll live forever. We will have bodies. We will be glorified. We'll be in another dimension. But, yes, here's an illustration. Take a lake. All of the fish and all the aquatic creatures that live below the surface that cannot come above the surface without dying, that's their world, their universe. Watch. I can put on a scuba diving outfit and go into their world any time I want, but they can never come into my world without dying, not in the flesh and blood they're in. But in my flesh and blood, I have the ability to break through the surface of their world, the portal, if you will, and go from my dimension of reality into their dimension of reality. They look at me. They don't know what I am, but let's just pretend like two fish can talk together somehow and say, is that a human? I think that's a human. That's, I've heard of humans before. They're, they're, now we know what a human looks like. Well, watch this. Actually, if they see me in a scuba diving outfit, they see the form of me, but they really don't know me. Because I really don't look like that in my realm. I don't walk around in a scuba diving outfit. And when I take it off, you know, there's the real me. And they can't imagine what the real me knows and thinks about. And they can't imagine what I do and how I live my life and the universe that I live in. So the fish really has very little knowledge of me, even though they see me and think they understand it. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. That's what the Word of God is clear. Look, there is a demonic realm. That's why, what's the first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods, little g, before me. What does that stand for? That stands for the Hebrew word Elohim, which can be used of the angels, the obedient angels, or it could, as where, where it speaks of God's little g, it can be used of the demonic realm. In fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, he says, Your forefathers worshipped gods, which were no gods at all, but were demons. The Bible says that. So that's the title of my book, Gods, plural, of the final kingdom. In other words, there's a cosmic clash for the kingdom that is to come. Satan is desperately trying to hang on to what we would call this fallen realm because it's the only kingdom he has. But Jesus Christ, according to the Word of God, has won it back at the cross and at the resurrection and is coming again to set up the final kingdom. And in the meantime, Satan's doing everything he can to thwart it. So you're right. They can come in and out of our dimension, but we cannot go into theirs, which scares me a little bit about CERN. You know, I'm scared for the world, not for myself, but just... It, they're they're going to poke around and poke a hole into something, perhaps, that they can't take back. It's Pandora's box. We've already opened Pandora's box with so much of our technology, genetic editing, and et cetera. I mean, I could talk about that all night. But this CERN thing, I don't know if God will allow it. 
Richard? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's the power. He is the power of it all. He spoke quantum mechanics into existence, so he can do as he wishes with all of this. We're like ants in an anthill compared to a human as God is to us, so he can stop it. But if he allows it, if he allows it, we're not going to outsmart God. But if Satan keeps putting into the minds of men these demonic things and these technologies, see, that's what happened before the flood, something like this. I mean, Jesus says it's going to be just like the days of Noah before the return of the Lord. What happened before the flood? The Bible says all flesh became corrupted, and God said man is going to do anything his mind can conceive, and God pushed the reset button on it. He pushed the reset button. He destroyed everything except for the one family and the animals he put on that ark. And Jesus said in the last days it's going to be just like the days of Noah. So I think we're getting very close to that. If God allows it again, we're going to wind up helping him push the reset button again. All right. Let's go to the phones. Al, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. I just finished reading a book called Spooky at a Distance. Yeah. And it explains particles that happen at great distances simultaneously at the same time. And I think I can figure out how this happens. There's such a thing as a neutrino wave. And this neutrino wave passes through Earth. And there's no encumbrances at all. You can have a mountain or you can have a brick wall and the neutrino wave will pass right through that wall. Now when you have a thought, like a neuro, in your own mind, you can have a neurotransmitted thought and that thought is indelible and it's picked up by the neutrino wave. Now, let's explain one other thing. When they had in the Gulf and all those, that oil spill, and they had ducks, people went, retrieved the birds and the ducks. They brought them back to a lab, and they washed the oil off those birds and ducks. In other words, they did something for humanity. Now, the ducks aren't going to reward them, but God will reward them for doing a good deed. At the same time, if a man living on a farm beats a dog to to death, and he figures no one saw that happen, the neutrino wave picked that up, and it's passed on to the neurotransmission in your own brain. What do you think? Well, no, it, it could be. I'm familiar with the concept of, the, of quantum physics and neutrinos, um, and, and we could get into a lengthy, lengthy discussion on that. But I would just say to Al, kudos, you know, for giving thought to this and for tying together some of these things. And listen, the bottom line is, and I make this clear in the book, I'm not saying that quantum mechanics or quantum physics 
explains everything in the Word of God about multiple dimensions and portals and prayer and you know and and, and holding us accountable and the books being opened accountability in the last days at the great white throne everything we've said or done what will be kept in secret will be shouted from the rooftops Jesus said the book of Revelation speaks of the books being opened and our names in the book or not in the book everything we've ever done is in the book the uh, Psalm one thirty eight our names were written in the in in the book of life before a single second of our life came to be. I mean, the Word of God is filled with this understanding that somehow our entire life is recorded, and it's in a book. And everything that we do, the choices we make, everything, it's there. And 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 that's a that's a huge accountability factor. In other words, you know, we can't ever stand before God. There'll be no trial in heaven. The trial is this life. It's judgment after that. If you're not under, this is what the Bible says. I'm not trying to be too preachy, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel either. The Bible says if you're not under the blood, then you're under judgment. And and if you think you're going to even begin to argue that, the books will be opened. And everything you've ever thought, everything you've ever done, everything you thought that was done in secret will be exposed to the world until you hit your knees and say, oh, my God, I deserve this. I deserve death and hell. Please quit reading the book. You know, this is horrible. I mean, I mean that the Word of God says that. So, so but now, uh, you know, I'm not saying that all of this is brought about through quantum mechanics, but, but, but look, it explains it. I mean, God created the quantum particles. He created the atomic uh, particles and the energy that holds it all together, which, by the way, is, you know, photons, if you will. Uh, another word is light. Light holds it everything together. And then you get in the book of Colossians, and Jesus says all things were created by him, for him. Nothing that's been created was created without him. And in him all things hold together. In Jesus, atomic structure holds together. What did Jesus say he was? He said, I am the light of the world. And if you're in me, you are becoming the light as well. I mean, the Bible is filled with this kind of language that now we understand in science is reality. Al, thanks for the call. Back with more of my conversation with Carl Gallups, Gods of the Final Kingdom, The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. We are back with Carl Gallops, Gods of the Final Kingdom. Uh, I want to get to a couple more calls, and then I want to get into a discussion, Carl, about uh, God deciding to join us in the fishbowl, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, you know Jesus uh, being God in the flesh and what that means. But uh, I want to first have you respond if you have anything to add to uh, Al's call talking about neutrinos and uh, how this may be how we communicate with God. I think Al was on to something. Surely he's on to the biblical truth of accountability. And he might be on to something as to how God records all of this. Bottom line is this, Richard. We're goldfish in a goldfish tank inside of a mansion. We have no idea what we don't know about life and the universe. We think we're so smart. We think we're so intelligent. And we are, but I mean, we don't even come close to the intelligence 
of the fallen realm, of Satan and the demonic realm, much less the angelic realm, much less the throne of God. We have no clue what we don't know. And so we need to be very careful about being prideful and arrogant about all that we know and making grand proclamations about, well, God doesn't exist, and you're an idiot if you believe it. Now that we know what we know about multiple dimensions and instantaneous communication between elements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then you compare it to the Scriptures that basically, in much simpler terms and in theological terms, have been saying the very same thing for thousands of years before we discovered it scientifically. So I think Al's on to something. Yeah, I've always thought, you know, that that many people who think they're on divergent paths maybe are speaking about the same thing, but in a different language. So in other words, mathematicians and theoretical physicists and cosmologists and so forth – uh, and and those who are are spiritual, we may all be talking at the same thing, just using different language, but we don't realize it. Our language really divides us, but we we are on the same page. Yeah, I agree with you. I've often had the same thought. I think the only thing that divides us is our acknowledgement of our divine Creator, of the Creator God, the Creator of the universe, the intelligence behind it all. When we disacknowledge His existence. Um, that's when we start getting in an awful lot of trouble because we live in a fallen world. Look, all seven billion of us. I mean, if we're honest, every one of us struggles with an internal, at least, struggle between good and evil continually. And most of the time we give over to evil in one way or the other. And most of the planet actually acts it out. I mean, the whole planet is fallen. And so you're right. I think we all eventually begin to talk about the same stuff. We use different language and different uh different uh, um, um, uh, platforms like mathematics or science or, you know, quantum physics, etc., or Bible, theology. But when we begin to acknowledge this world that we live in, just what we know about it could not have happened by some accidental random cosmic explosion into a mud sludge pond that developed into living things, all 25 million species of life and 7 billion humans and all of the variations. I mean, it just, it just can't. It's impossible. It's mathematically, statistically I, impossible. I love the uh, – there's a, a wonderful book. I can't remember the title, but it has to do with – it's basically imagine a tornado, a random act at this – tornado touching down in a junkyard and it puts together a 747 jumbo jet i mean the human body is far more complex than even a 747 but that's what that's the that's sort of the analogy that that this is all an accident that it's random that a tornado could touch down in a junkyard take all the desperate parts and put together a 747 uh, something that complex let's say hi to melanie in toronto melanie good evening welcome to the conspiracy show Good evening. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I made a couple of quick observations, if I'm allowed to speak on them. Um, first of all, as a pastor, you know, and as a Christian, that salvation comes through Christ, not through our own acts. We can do whatever we want, great acts or bad acts, if we think that we are salvation ourselves, that we can save ourselves. It's impossible. Only through the blood of Christ and acceptance of His sacrifice for us that that is already done, and we do not live in guilt. We live in correcting ourselves on a daily basis, knowing we've already been saved. But the other thing that I've noticed is the Bible speaks, and I'm a new reader to the Bible, speaks of 
those that were so intelligent and so educated and so knowledgeable that they were actually fools. And I said to myself, as you were speaking about half an hour ago, why is it that uh, Christ revealed himself and all the book of Revelation was written 2,000 years ago and not today? I mean, my gosh, I mean, can you imagine if Christ came today? But there's a reason for that, that there was a lot more innocence in uh, the people of 2,000 years ago, and I don't mean innocence in their behavior, but innocence, they had no quantum mechanics, they had no Lucerne, they had no knowledge of atomic structure, and they were more open and willing as children, as innocent children, innocent from the science, innocent from the knowledge that we think we're so smart today, that Christ appeared and they were open open to that knowledge and acceptance of Christ. This is why Christianity spread so quickly. Whereas today, uh, the scientists would be the one uh, building the cross for Christ, and it wouldn't be uh, Caesar, and it wouldn't be the government, even though the government does contribute to that. Uh, when we have corrupt and bad government, which is what's seeping into our society now around the world. And Melanie, we're just about we're running into a yeah. break here, so I want to give Carl a chance to respond because you made some excellent points about why he came then versus today and how science would look at it and so forth. Interesting well, you points. Know, just one quick uh, comment. The brain, I was watching on the brain structure, the brain is so dense that not even any light, blue light, can go through it. This is why we can't, uh, one neuroscientist said the brain is so dense that we don't even know 1% of the brain. So to invent Lucerne or even to get great knowledge about the structure of space from 30 million years ago is irrelevant to me. Well, yeah, let's start with the brain. Yeah, let's talk the, about exactly, inner space, not outer space. If you know space. the brain, if you can tell me how the brain works, why we do what we do, now that would be amazing. Yeah. The collider and all, all right. of that, Melanie? that's secondary. Yeah. Okay, great, great call, Melanie. Go ahead, Carl. Yeah, I was just going to say, Melanie, thank you. God bless you. Amen and amen. You're speaking so much truth. And, you know, just think of your illustration of the brain. What is the brain? Well, just physically speaking, it's a chunk of meat that looks kind of like a meatloaf. There's no hard drive. There are no wires. There are no batteries. There, 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 there's no, uh, I mean, it's just a chunk of meat. Yet it produces the slightest measurably electric currents, and, 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 and then that controls the entire human body. Not only that, the thought process, the dream process, the thinking process, the speaking process, all of the organs of the body, all of the functions, all of the systems, a chunk of meat. We don't have a clue how that happens how it happened, where it came from. Oh, we can describe it in medical books, how it works, the synapses, you know, and, and, the, and, the, and the potassium and the sodium and the electrons and, the, you know, and everything and how it, we understand that. But we can't create anything like that. We can't take a chunk of meat and make it operate systems without some kind of power source and some kind of intelligence. It is they can't even begin to discuss consciousness. Oh, where I does know. that we come We don't even from? know what that is. <laughs> so, Carl, we've got to take wait, a time out. We'll come back to more calls. We don't and, know uh, what we don't know about the rest of the world. Exactly. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> Carl Gallup's right here on The Conspiracy Show and more of your calls. Stay with us. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, we are back with Carl Gallup's 
uh, the author of Gods of the Final Kingdom. And let's uh, let's grab a quick call here. Dan is in Massachusetts. Dan, welcome. Here in the conversation tonight, it sort of reminds me of, well, I've read Dante's Divine Comedy. And could the afterworld be something similar to that? The idea of different levels of hell, different realms and so forth? As it is the same in purgatory and uh, heaven, you know, and paradise, as yeah. described in, in his readings. You know, he's even maybe he elaborated that. Even some popes and priests and bishops have gone to hell if they sinned or been crooked on, on earth. You know, it's, I, I've read him pretty extensively, and I just find him totally interesting, and I've had the same kind of thought of that's possibly the way it is. Interesting. Well, Carl, what do you think? Dante's Inferno. Hey, Al, first of all, thanks for listening tonight, and thanks for calling, and thank you for that question. I mean, listen, I, I love it when people think about these things like that. Let me just say this. Listen, I'm familiar with Dante, and, and it's possible that some of that is similar to reality, but I measure, and I'm not talking down to you, I'm sure you do as well, but I'm just saying I measure reality based upon what the Word of God clearly reveals. Now, Concerning what you just spoke of, and this is going to upset some people that are listening, but you just got to deal with the Word of God. The Word of God does literally speak of, if you will, certain levels in hell. And hell is prison. It's, you know, when you, by the time you get to the end of the book, Revelation chapter 20, it speaks of death and hell giving up the dead that are within them, and they're brought before the throne of judgment. So, so what is death and hell? It's prison. It's the holding place for the day of judgment. What happens then? Well, those that are not under the blood are thrown into the, quote, lake of fire. That's the descriptive term, but what we discover that is, it's another dimension. It, they're shoved in a portal into another dimension never to come in contact with the presence of God again, or God's people who are under the blood, who are obedient to the Lord. So, But what we read, though, is in Jude and in Peter, for example, Second Peter and in Jude, we read of angels, for example, that are put in, the Bible says, the lowest regions of hell, or Tartarus, the Greek word says, in the dungeons if, of, of hell, if you will, the lowest regions, because, because of their egregious sin, and the, and the inference is all the way back to the time of the flood, and the, and the horrific perversion that was taking place then. And, and then, of course, when Jesus gives us this description, some say it's a parable, some say it was a real-life thing that he was telling us, doesn't matter. The point is, he was getting the point across, the rich man and Lazarus, and the rich man is in hell, but there's a chasm between him and paradise. He can see Lazarus. He wants to talk to him, but he can't. And Abraham is allowed the key to the portal. He comes through, and he speaks to the rich man. And he says, look, you can't go over there, and they can't come over here. There's a chasm here. It cannot be crossed. And the, and the intimation is the reason Abraham crossed it is because Jesus holds the keys to those. Apparently, you know, Abraham was given the permission, and then Jesus is telling this, a parable or real-life account to help us understand that, look, you've got this one life. You live it for God or you don't. It's your choice. It's your life. But we if will, you right. don't, then it's over. And so there may be different levels, but, Al, that's what the Word of God says. I hope that helps you. Thank you. Dan, yes, actually. Dan in Massachusetts. Great call. Thank you. So, I mean, Dan. these I mean, realms... Dan, yeah. Uh, you talked about the rich man and Lazarus, and he could clearly see. He's in hell, but he can clearly see our realm from where he is. In other words, the angelic realm, uh, the demonic realm, hell, heaven, they could be literally nanometers in front of our nose, right? Yeah. They're not, you know, out there somewhere. Exactly. 
Exactly. And listen, if, if people will read the book right before this, Gods of Ground Zero, I address that there in great detail using scriptures and the writings of people that wrote a hundred or two hundred years ago. They didn't know how to use the word multiple dimensions or portals, but they used the words they had to describe the very thing you just said, gods of ground zero. And then gods of final kingdom, I talk about that very thing again, except now I I, I speak of it in, in much greater scientific terms and connecting scriptures to scriptures. So you're right. I have come to the belief I believe, as the Bible presents it, and dozens of scholars believe this too, that it is not some place that's out there. It is in our... That's why Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, look, the kingdom of heaven is among you now, if you could only grasp it, if you could only see it. It is among you. Now, now of course, he meant his very presence. He represented the kingdom of heaven. But, but the, the wording there in the Greek is very specific. It's very clear. He meant that this reality of what is to come that is behind this veil, it is just, it's nanometers from your nose. It is here. It is among you. You just can't see it. You're a goldfish in a goldfish bowl, but all around you is a universe of reality right before your nose, but yet you can't poke through yet. You cannot see it until you are equipped to live in this. And the Word of God says that over and over in many different ways. Carl, when we come back, we'll talk about when God decides to join us in the Goldfish Bowl. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarah. All right, we are back. Final segment with uh, Carl Gallops, the author of Gods of the Final Kingdom. Carl, before I forget, uh, how do we get a hold of the book, which is just newly out this day, I think. Yeah, thank you. It, it, you can get it wherever good books are sold. And, uh, of course, you can get it on Amazon for those that shop on Amazon. Books a million, Barnes and Nobles on the Internet. Uh, again, in, in, in brick-and-mortar bookstores, if they don't have it in stock, and most of them will, you can order it. You can go to my website, carlgallops.com. By the way, I would tell your audience, if you'll go to my website, carlgallops.com, you'll see the banner. You can't miss it. Click on it. Get a lot of information about it. Plus, you can read inside 30 or 40 pages, plus see the whole table of contents. You can get an idea of where this book goes, the dozen topics it deals with and connects them together. Plus, you can get a, a taste of the writing style and you know whether or not you think you're going to like the book. And uh, so I, I want people to know what they're getting. I think they're going to love it, but uh, just go to carlgallops.com. So let's talk now about this idea. Again, we go back to this uh, the, the fish tank analogy. I, I love it because it's it's very clear. Uh, so God in the flesh decides to join us in this goldfish tank, this fish yeah. tank uh, that that has fallen. Uh, so, but for in order for for God to come in the flesh as Jesus into our fallen world, uh, he has to he has to be born into this world. Obviously, through the Virgin Mary. The question is, how does this incarnation embryo happen? How does Thank how you. does Thanks. Jesus get inside uh, Mary's womb? You know what's so cool? Thank you for asking me that. It is so obvious you've read the book. God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> it, because listen, this th- th- I loved writing these chapters. I loved researching it. Here's the bottom line. 
the angel Gabriel, the scriptures gives it away for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear. The angel Gabriel tells us how it happens because he connects it all the way back to Genesis 1-1. The angel Gabriel says to Mary, look, and I'm just going to paraphrase, but he said, look, here's what God's got planned. And by the way, this Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And in other words, only God, you know, knew from the beginning exactly what he was going to do. This was the plan before he even breathed into Adam's nostrils, before the foundation of the world. This whole plan for Jesus being slain for our sin was already laid in place. So the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and he says, look, God's getting ready to fulfill his plan. He's getting ready to fulfill his promise. And he wants to borrow your womb. You are a precious young lady. You're not perfect. You're in a fallen world. But you love God. And you've kept yourself pure. And God wants to use you and bless you. Your name will be known forever. There will be heartaches involved. Because you're going to have to watch this little one of yours grow into a man, be persecuted, suffer, and die. But he is Messiah. He is, you will give him the name Jesus because it means salvation. God is going to save. Are you willing to do this? She says, be it done unto me as you say. I am the Lord's servant. And the angel Gabriel says, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit of God will overshadow you. And this thing that is to be born, in other words, that's, that's one of the translations, but this little one, this one who is to be born will be called the Son of God Most High, Emmanuel, God with us, in your womb. All right, now, so you say, how did this happen? Gabriel said it. The Holy Spirit of God would overshadow her. Now, go all the way back to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void. But the Spirit of God hovered over, or overshadowed, all of it. And God said, let there be, and there was. This embryo that was in Mary's womb, was not born of the will of man, the Bible says. Joseph nor Mary had anything to do with it. She loaned her womb, and the Holy Spirit of God formed within her womb an embryo. Now, that's what happened. That's what the Bible says. That's what the angel Gabriel said. And and I saw that, and I, I said, oh my gosh, this is this is astounding. And I went back through the dozens and dozens of the classical scholars, and almost every one of them says that that's what happened. The embryo was created out of nothing. And people say, yeah, but, you know, that means that the Son of God would have, would have had a sinful nature, a sinful body, because he came from the womb of Mary, but he didn't come by human, he didn't come by human origins. The Bible says that. Right. Not right. by the well, womb. I mean, you... It, Right, because he's there's the placenta, there's G, there's Mary's blood, there's Mary's DNA. So you would think that he would possess this. I mean, she had a sinful nature because she was human, and all humankind had fallen. So the idea is, well, then why wouldn't he? But as you point out, uh, you know, the, the a baby's uh, circulatory system is totally separate from the mother's. The yeah. DNA is different. There's just sort of delve into that for a few minutes because yeah. we're almost at the top of the hour. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll just say it as simply as this. I reference it with medical resources, scientific resources. The blood is different. That's why blood types are different. The circulatory system is different. Um, the, the, the genetics are different. The DNA is different. Uh, when, a, when a baby is in the womb of a woman, within weeks of conception, doctors can detect 
that pregnancy by blood. There is another set of DNA in the bloodstream of the woman separate from the mom. So the DNA is different. The blood is different. The placenta acts as an interface. And so the baby receives nourishment and eliminates waste and receives oxygen, etc., but doesn't receive the DNA or the blood of the mom. It is a it is an interface, and so the, the embryo at that point, especially if it's created in the womb by the Holy Spirit of God by God's Word, it is a completely separate being. So when the Son of God is born. He is born of the womb of a woman, but is born in sinless flesh so that he can be the Savior. Total man, yet total God, inhabited by God himself, brother. I mean, it's unbelievable to think of who, what human would want to become a goldfish and lower themselves to get in a stinky, corrupt, polluted goldfish bowl to tell the goldfish... There's a whole world around you you can't even see. But if you'll believe in me, I'll let you share it with me. Gods of the Final Kingdom, available at Amazon and wherever good books are sold. Carl, always a delight. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. It's my delight. Thank you, Richard, and to your audience. God bless you. Carl Gallops. All right, my thanks to Ryan White and Owen Wolf. Back next week, we'll do that tribute to Stanton Friedman with Don Schmidt, Roswell investigator, and of course, Rosemary Ellen Guiley in the second hour. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing hidden that won't be revealed and nothing, sorry, let me try that again, nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known what you hear in the dark. Speak in the light what I say in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home, or at least up the stairs. Good night. Do you have a dog? Would you like to develop your dog's hidden intelligence to eliminate bad behavior and create the obedient, well-behaved pet of your dreams? A woman named Adrienne Ferricelli, a professional certified dog trainer, has helped hundreds of dog owners train their dogs to be well-behaved, obedient, loving pets. Yes, good job. By bringing out the hidden intelligence inside the dogs. You can quickly eliminate any behavioral problem your dog has, no matter how badly you think it's ingrained, no matter what kind of dog you have. The science behind this is simple. You may have heard of neuroplasticity in the human brain. Our brains are capable of learning new behaviors, while your dog's brain has the same plasticity. With the right mental stimulation that Adrian teaches, any dog's brain will become more open and receptive to learning new information. Your dog will listen to you and understand what you want it to do. When this happens, bad behaviors simply fade away as more desirable ones appear in their place. So if you want to check out this remarkable dog training system, just visit realbusinessbargains.com. That's realbusinessbargains.com. realbusinessbargains.com.